Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to listen of the MPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review. Scott Adam with you as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, big big weekend of uh, football. And uh, like I said, we're starting to get into the groove of things uh, with uh, local football back. We were. We had, we had a whole run sheet plan to talk about the um, MPL men's competition, the um, start of FQPL 2, a preview for that, FQPL 1 results, and the Australia Cup and the National Second Division stuff coming up. And our run sheet has been... Um, Altered, shall we say? And we will be starting this week's show. All that is coming up, by the way. We'll be getting to all of that. I know there's plenty of people listening for our national second division chat. We will get to that at the end of the show. We'll be starting the show, Adam, with the MPL women's competition where the streak is over for Lions FC in round round four of the MPL women's. It's a 3 1 win for Ethan Sullivan in the second last game of the round. Two goals from Sophie Person, one for Maya Bruckner. Not got the got the goals for East to give them the win in this game. We'll get to the Lions and the streak in a moment. But from Eastern Southern's point of view, they came out really hard in this game, didn't they? they? Scored in the first five minutes, could have scored a goal even before that. And they put this game away in the first half quite nicely in the end, didn't they? Yeah, this is a um this is a good performance by East. I think, obviously, um, there's always going to be, and I think, you know, as, as we as we talk about the streak and, and all that, I think teams sort of start second-guess themselves. And they, they, you know, for a long while, you know, I think they may give a little bit too much respect, especially some of the sort of the lesser light teams. But East are no lesser lights. They're, they're, they're certainly contenders. And they, they showed, despite Lions being very under strength, uh, that they they show that they are contenders and yeah they there was a very very clinical three uh, 0 up after thirty minutes uh, it's, it's good to see Sophie Person you know, um, in in form again scoring a absolutely incredible goal for her second of the game I don't I don't know how I don't know how she found that angle but uh, yeah she she she's back in you know her scoring form then three 0 up at half time uh, Lions did fight back in the end. Macy Edward got a consolation goal. Uh, Tiana Karambasis uh, hit the hit the uh, crossbar very very late on that would make three two, but uh, it just it just bounced just before the line. But um, yeah, look, all, all honours to the winners. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's yeah, East certainly showed showed that you now they're, they're certainly capable. Absolutely, and East side we've seen in the last couple of years have been. There are thereabouts in terms of the um, contenders who have been knocking on the door to challenge the Lions to see in this run of dominance that they've they've been on. They've certainly been one of the better sides in the competition. And going forward, they've always been able to score a lot of goals, haven't they? We know you mentioned Sophie Person, two goals there, and the second one from basically on the on the on the goal line from a narrow angle to finish it off was a fantastic finish from her for the second one. But they've always had goals in them, and they've troubled Lions a lot actually throughout mm-hmm. the run. It was it was them who beat Lions back in 2020 in their previous most recent loss before today. So, And they were also very late equalised as well in the game at Heath Park last year as well. So it was certainly a, certainly a tricky fixture for Lions, but East played really, really well. Defensively, they were solid as well. I think they didn't really give up too many chances, but you also have to give credit to Lions in terms of just on this game before we get to the rest of it. They didn't give up in this game either. At 3-0 down, there's plenty of sides out there 
in the sport of football who would have said, right, this is not our day. We're going to go through the motions a bit in the second half. They didn't do that. They kept putting the foot on the throat to go for it in the second half. And they certainly created two or three really good chances that maybe on another day they could have taken and got themselves back into the game. But they certainly didn't give up, did they? No, uh, look, Tegan Thompson uh, as captain, uh, the, the big story before the game, no Tegan riding for this and that. That's obviously a huge loss uh, on top of a number of other missing players in this side. Um, but look, she was magnificent, you know, from, from, from the get-go. She, was, she, was, she, she tried her, her heart out, you know, Beck Kirk up as well on the other wing as well. She replayed well, Tara O'Keefe, uh, Tiana Karen Barsas. The, the senior players stepped up, um, look, and it's not really a case of you, you don't want to say other than, you know, a couple of calamities at the back, uh, early on, uh, especially the second goal, uh, which uh, was a bit of a miscommunication between Ellie Chappell and, uh, Callie Coles that led to basically a bit of a collision and, uh, Sophie Person scoring probably the e- one of the easier goals of her illustrious career in this, in this league. But, um, but yeah, other than that, look. Look, I think even though I think I can, they're, they're probably down six top of their first team players out of this side. Yet they they were still even at three nil down. They still pose a threat. They still they still have the players, and had they should take some more cheese, luck go their way. Look, they, they could have escaped on another day. So I think you got to credit East as well that you know, they they kept them at arm's length. Well enough, I think. Yeah, defensively, they're they're very very solid. You know, um, Akara Takencho and uh, and uh, Holly Clark at the back are very very are very very good. You know, and uh, look up front, uh, the Lauren Askin and uh, Sophie Person. You know, and Maya Bruckner make a very very attacking sort of uh, combination. So look, Issa are looking very very good at the moment. Um, but look, I don't think he should be writing off lines just yet. I think yes, the streak's over. But you know what? We kind of knew this day was going to come at some point. We just didn't know when. Absolutely, all good things must come to an. I think you're absolutely right with the last point you just made. This is not the time to be writing off a championship like Lions. As to your point earlier, the cavalry is well and truly on the way. There are a couple of players who missed this game due to various injury concerns. There are other players who are about to return to the club, including maybe a couple who are playing in the A-League Women's may return at some point as well. So does the the cavalry is certainly returning and a very familiar look will be returning to that lion side at some point. It's already a very, very strong side in the competition anyway. It's only going to get stronger in the next couple of weeks when those players start to return. But we will talk about the streak briefly here now, Adam. October 24 was their last loss before today. Since then, it was 61 games played for 58 wins and three draws and just the lazy nine major trophies in that time as well. So it's been a fantastic period for the club, hasn't it? It has. Uh, that we, we'll, we'll talk about off, off air that, you know, funny thing is that for us, we, we hold a little piece for as well because we were there, we are there for win number one. And, you know, and like I said, and so sort of we were covering the game uh, this afternoon. And look, it, it has been an amazing streak. Uh, look, it, it speaks of the professionalism of that program, you know, they they have set the benchmark clearly for you know for women's football in this state. Um, I'm not sure whether they get the plaudits they do nationally. Uh, it's it's hard to know. We're not there. You know, I know obviously in Victoria, you know, Calder United, who now basically Western United. I know they they're you know obviously you know a benchmark in their competition as well. But and Lions was our version of theirs that, you know, that, that, you know, they'll, they'll basically get invincible and, and look, not from, not from like a trying, your know, teams really try to look, you know, and you got to 
you got to pay credit to some other you know, clubs as well, like like Bar, like uh, like Gold Coast United, that and, and East as well that have actually you know they they've tried and tried and they've pushed this club, but every time they tried to gain, they just go to the next level. So I, I just think it's a, it's it's an amazing sort of you know, you know, run that you know, that's come to an end. Look, the success. Yeah, as well. You know, there's nine trophies, and uh, yeah, look, I think from from you know from Rob Askew and his coaching team to the players, yeah, you know, I think I think it's something they should they ought to be all very proud of. Eight major trophies. They did not win the premiership in 20. I can imagine people ah. on the Gold Coast right now are throwing things at their wherever they're listening to this from <laughs> and saying, "You pair don't know what you're talking about." No, Gold Coast United you know, did win the premiership in 2020. So it's eight major honours. So apologies for that, and you can ignore the graphic we put out where it said nine it is actually eight so apologies to gold coast on that but it, it is eight major runs it is a been been a fantastic run to your point and it is it's one of those things that you look at you think there's been a lot of these sort of runs in different sports and when it does come to an end it's really interesting to see how teams respond now this is a really good tight-knit group at Lions, and you can imagine that they will be looking to bounce back strongly from this and i think wh- whoever they play next week could be in for a bit of a bit of a rough game well, it's Capalabar uh, at Luxury Paint Stadium next Saturday night. So Capalabar so, have drawn the short straw. Yes, and they, as, as we'll get to in the other results shortly, yeah, I don't know if their current situation that they want to be facing a very, very determined uh, Lions team that's back to zero on their on their streak run. So, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a case of that you know. Look, I actually think going away. In there might be, a, you know, when, it, when it's all said and done, like it's a great achievement, but there might also be relief. I know, I know, you know, noobs like us that we we constantly, re, you know, remind, you know, Rob and, and his staff that, you know, and, and that, you know, about the streak and whatnot. And I think they're probably sick and tired of hearing us. We've we've obviously dined out on it tonight, on but uh, but uh, and look as we should. But uh, I think, yeah, you know, from a player's point of view, I think um, when they get to training next week, I think it's nothing changes. Nothing changes. You go again. So they've got they've got some big games coming up. And uh, look, I think having that monkey off the back of you know, oh, you know, we're gonna lose our undefeated streak. You now that's not there anymore, which I actually think makes it more dangerous. I think it's one of those things where when you're in the inner sanctum and you're concentrating on the next game, it's one of those things that it's nice to have to talk about, but it's not the sort of thing you focus on. It's more for people externally to talk about. Now, it may have been a I don't think it would have been a distraction, but it's one of those things that if externally to talk about. But congratulations to Lions SC on that fantastic run. And also congratulations to Leah, to um, Eastern Suburbs on their win this afternoon to end the streaks. Well, a great performance from, from the Eastern Suburbs side at Heath Park out there in that game. Adam, we'll move on quickly to the other game, which we covered from round four in the MPL Women's Competition, which was on Friday night between South United and QAS. It was a one-all draw there at Wakeley Park on the synthetic pitch. Rosie Sutton put South in front on the half-hour mark before Georgia Dean got QAS back into the game not long after from the penalty spot. And it's a good performance from the QAS girls, wasn't it? But a draw was probably the fair result on the balance of play. Nice segue before we um, before we move on to this game is that it was actually Rosie Sutton who scored the goal that... that where East beat them in 2020, so you should be hosting of... this show with segues like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I know that's you know, doing do my facts, um, but yeah, so but uh, look on to, on to the present day, and and yeah, look, uh, QAS are a very very intriguing team to watch. I, it's actually the first time I sat down and watched a full game of theirs, and look, they've got some really really good players, and they, they were missing um, Ella Grady as well, who's away on young Matilda's duty. Uh, as well, so 
so yeah, but they they um certainly I I I'm I'm more than, more than confident that and then ever say that you know what I that I know that they've got the exemption you now where that they can't get relegated. Look, uh, to be honest, unless something catastrophic happens, like you know Brisbane Raw guts half the team, you know, and you know for for next season, uh, basically, basically I think that you know they're not they're not going to need that exemption. I think they're going to finish outside the what would have been the relegation places. I think they're they're a very very good side in the making. Some there's some real talents in there. Not only you know in the next break out next year or so, but even, you know, two, three years time, you know, I, I, uh, Amali Kinsella and Shelby McMahon are two examples of players that, you know, I think have still got a couple of years, but they're, they're, they're phenomenal junior players. Um, and I'll be very, very interested to see how they, how they develop as players. They sort of, you know, get more and more involved in the program. For Souths, I think it was a very, very good performance. Um, like I said, they, uh, they, they sort of, you know, got out early, you know, Got got that got that lead. Yes, a, a penalty was drawn back, but they really sort of you know were solid. And I think um, look, they probably like they they haven't won a game yet, which may be a little bit of a concern. But then again, it is three draws, so it's it's a case of case of perhaps that you know if they can start converting some draws and the wins, they can start making that move for the top four. They have been the draw specialists so far in the 2023 NPL Queensland competition, but the goal they did score with Vecchio putting the ball in for Rosie Sutton does show that there's mm. some nice combinations forming out there for Trent Gregson's side. So it does look like they are starting to find their flow after maybe a little bit of a slow start than they might have hoped for, but they are still on three points out of their first four games. The other games played over the course of the weekend, Mitchelton on Friday night with a 4-0 win over Olympic FC, Talia Sanders and Kelly Pufro with a pair of goals each in that one. Gold Coast United, the league leaders, went up to the Sunshine Coast and came away with a 4-0 win. Two goals from Momo Hayashi in that one, along with Charlie Farmer and Zoe Corbett. And the final game of the round was at John Fredericks Park down there in Capalabar. A 5-0 win for the visiting Peninsula Power in that one. Adam, so good win on, good win on the road for a couple of sides at the top of the table there. And Mitchelton are also looking like they could be a bit of a dark horse contender this year after having a bit of a tough start in terms of who they played in the draw. They're now starting to find their feet a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's the scary thing for Mitchelton. They may have found another goal scorer outside Kelly Pufferall and Talia Sanders, who scored uh, both, so scored the opening two goals for for Mitchelton. So they're, they're looking really good. And I think we, we sort of, we saw signs, but uh, in week one, they took on, they took on lines, really went, you know, toe-to-toe with them. In week two, perhaps, you know, a bit of psychology, you know, from Peninsula Power, that the grand final rematch. Uh, at the end of the day, they lost that, but, you know, they won their, um, they won the grand final back in, in back in September. So, They're not going to so, yeah. swap it, are they? No, no, of course not. And I think I think now yeah, they're starting to like that was a very, very good win uh for, for Mitchelton over Olympic. It was a very commanding win. So that as far as uh in the other game, Peninsula Power were just absolutely ruthless tonight. Uh look Olympic were yeah, very, very under strength. But um yeah, it's it's good to see uh, Bonnie Davies and Sarah Di Apollonia both on the score sheet getting doubles and uh same with uh Kiara Rochowski. So there's the whole thing about where the goals are going to come from. Maybe we found them. Speaking of teams needing to find goals, Peninsula Power was certainly that after last year in FQPL 1 that found them this year in the MPL. Looking at the table quickly, Gold Coast United on top on 12 points. Three points, Kura Lions, who are on nine. Then Easter up to third on eighth. Peninsula Power seven. Mitchelton six. QAS five points. And at South, Palabar both 
on three points each and Sunshine Coast and Olympic at the bottom of the table on one point each. Very early yet to be worrying too much about the table. We'll move on, Adam, to the NPL men's competition now. We'll start with the game which we covered in person on Saturday night up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe between Peninsula Power and Brisbane City. It was a 2 0 win for the visiting Brisbane City. Three wins from three up there. They might they might want to start moving some home games up to Redcliffe, I think, because it's a bit of a lucky home lucky hunting ground for them. But two goals for Jason McQuasse and Matt Thurtell gave them the win in this game. And maybe some defensive lapses from Peninsula Power gave them the goals, but I thought Brisbane City took their chances quite well. And then when they had to defend, they defended quite stoutly, didn't they? This is a, it's a very interesting game, this one, because, uh, look, the, the end result being uh, Brisbane City, you know, winning 2-0. But, yeah, you're right. It was, it was two defensive lapses that, that sort of that allowed uh, Brisbane City to score. They took their opportunities, and that's, that's why they, they walk away from um, Kippering with all three points. But um, I think it was to start with Brisbane City first. I think uh, we, we know what you get with them. Um, you know, we saw it last year, especially the back end of last year. They're, they're defence first. Uh, they, they've got a lockdown defence. That that back three of theirs, you know, Daniel Bowles in there, you know, and then you've got you know, Scott Halliday in that spine, in that spine as well as a screener, you know, along with uh, Matt Jones. I can't remember who played. Uh, I know Jackson Simpson was out. I can't remember who actually played in that back, back line role. But uh, but neither of them may. That's... Um, so they they really you know were were very very strong defensively. They really didn't give Peninsula Power much in terms of chances in that uh, in that game. I think Peninsula Power, yeah, they didn't offer much as far as attack goes, and that might be a problem for them. But again, defensively, you know, other than those other than those two errors, they they didn't really sort of. Um, I think yeah they 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 have they have got a very very strong defence. You know, Michael McGowan's back. You know, we know we know how experienced and how strong he is as centre back. Uh, I don't know about Darcy Madden playing uh, defensive midfield. I, I know he can play both that. He can play you know in in that screening role or as a as a centre back. But I think you know when if he and McGowan sort of combine, I think that's that's going to be a very very you know lockdown uh, centre back pairing. So look, I it's it's a very unusual start, 0-2 for Peninsula Power, but look, I wouldn't be too worried. I think, you know, if the bad luck is now, maybe it might be good fortune down the road. Covered a fair bit of ground there, actually, but we'll go back to the Brisbane City, talking about the back line, and the back line they had last year was the same, so Matt Jones, Dan Bowles, and Luke Plummer were the three at the back. Oh, for, Luke Plummer, yes. Who were at the back for Brisbane City, and that's really the foundation of what Matt Smith, the former coach, is now coaching over in Thailand, doing quite well over as well. He's um, built the side on that solid defence first foundation. And, and that's maintained, hasn't it? And the goal scoring that was seen that was coming at the back end of last year, they've taken that to another level as well. They're one of the only teams this year who still haven't conceded a goal in the NPL competition this year. So they're off to a great start defensively. But the goals, if that's going to be a consistent thing, if McQuasse and, and um, Matt Thurtell and some of the other players they've got in that squad as well can be regular contributors on the score sheet, they could be a real contender in this competition because the back line is really solid to go along with it. Yeah, the um, I think the thing is also as well is that you know you've got a player like Matt Thurtell who is your absolutely classic number nine poacher style player, and you know we'll talk about on, on uh, last night that you know he's the sort of player that's going to end up probably just scoring ten to fifteen goals a season. You're going to scratch your head saying how. As far not say how, but as such, you know what, he's gonna fly under the radar because he, he 
he's he's a master poacher. That's where he he did, he did that same role down in in Victoria, and you know, and what actually rose for prominence here in you know for Brisbane Strikers. So um, look. He he's a he's a massive part of that. You know, having that that's something that you know, with all due respect to um, uh, Shudo Kubiyama last year, I think Matt Thurtell's a much different uh, type of striker. And also, as well, you've got Jason McQuarrie, the only the only uh, player to score 100 goals in the NPL era. Um, that, that that's two massive weapons. But I also say keep an eye out for two Japanese boys that uh, ha- that uh, are um, that have been have just signed uh, Masashi Yokoyama and. Uh, Janiro Chiba, they're, they're both look very, very capable players. And uh, look, they, they they lost two Japanese players in Kubiyama and Keiji, Koji Kato last year. These aren't bad replacements. No, they look quite, quite nice off the bench in that game for Brisbane City. And you're right, I think attacking-wise is where they probably maybe have taken a little step forward. And if they have done that this year and the fullbacks can continue to be solid, solid wide attacking outlets, I think they could be in for a really good season. For Peninsula Power... Yeah, the, the the defenses slip ups for one thing, but I think in the front third, it's just it's not quite clicking yet. Is it? it's a little bit of a new look? I've got a couple of new players in there: Kyron Walters, Jamil Roberts, still trying to integrate them into the way they play in the front third. It's it is coming. You can see it. they had a lot of possession and had a lot of territory to create chances. It just wasn't quite falling for them on Saturday night, was it? But there's certainly signs that it could be on the way. Yeah, you're right. There, two two new players there in Kyron Walters and. Uh, and Jamil Roberts. And then you add to that, you know, Malachi Love Samira um, and Brenton Fox as well, who are two you know, players that have been there for, for a while and been in that system for a while. It, these things take time. And uh, look, I think, yeah, look, I think it's, uh, I think it's also as well, they're, they're um, yeah, they've also got new new, new players, also a new Setovich as well, who's, uh, who's currently suspended as well. So, this 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 attacking line is going to take a while to sort of get a sell down. What what is the best combination? If there is a best three players, or where it's going to be a horses for courses sort of you know effort. We know we know how good and how talented young Malachi is, and Solomon Weldemarium is another one that is also in that attacking group. So they've got plenty of options. I think it's just going to it might take some time for Rick Coughlin and his and his um his coaching staff to figure out what is the best combination, which way to play, and uh, yeah these. As I said, these things take time. It's only week two. You know, I know it's very unusual to see potential power 0-2, but, you know, it's still, it's still uh, playing the season left to play. It is, and you mentioned Rick Coughlin just before. Let's hear what, let's hear from what, I'm going to hear what the coach said. So we'll first hear from the Brisbane City assistant coach, Luke Devere, then the potential power head coach, Rick Coughlin. So let's hear what that said, and we'll be back right after this. I'm joined by the assistant coach of Brisbane City, Luke Devere. Luke, two-nil winners here at Peninsula Power. I must be very happy with that result. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the result's obviously what we came up here to do, but also I think in patches of that game, the boys played quite well and um, we're looking to improve each week. But um, yeah, overall, largely positive. Just two wins and two to start the year. I'm really happy with the way the side, new side's going. A couple of new players coming in. It's all starting quite nicely. Yeah, I think we've still got a long way to go where we uh, want to get to in terms of how we play. But as I say, two wins in the first two games of the season in terms of um, picking up the points is, is spot on. And, um, you know, I think this club at times has, has struggled to get going early enough in season, so you know, points up now and trying to chase them later. Yeah, the momentum built back into last year, doesn't think you really noticed during the pre-season was keeping that momentum up from the back end of last year into the start of this year? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the players that, that were here last year are, are acutely aware now that uh, if you let games go early in the season, you do have to try and catch those up or it hurts through the back end. So, 
Uh, I think they probably learnt from that last year as well. And uh, as I say, momentum in football is a big thing. So hopefully we can keep this going. Absolutely. Peter Powell lost last week as well. Were you expecting we have a bounce back from them tonight? Yeah, I think we always expected them to come out quite strong. And, you know, they're, they're the home team here. They obviously want to come out and, and play well and impress. So uh, we knew we'd be in for a tough game. And, you know, I think they gave us that. And thankfully we were able to capitalise on a few chances and, uh, you know, put the game to bed a little bit. So there's three games up here this year for three wins. Thinking about moving some of your home games up here, perhaps? Yeah, it's been a, a happy hunting ground so far, I guess. But um, I mean, it's a great surface up here, so it is a nice pitch to play on. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're going to come up for a while, so we might uh, save some petrol. You might. <laughs> I've got to have some learning. Good luck next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm joined by the coach of Power, Rick Coglin. Rick, 2 0 defeat here to Brisbane City. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the performance? Um, yeah, obviously. Extremely disappointed to uh, to come away, you know, uh, zero from two effectively now from the first two games. I think um, the the manner in which to, we've lost that game, unfortunately, um, you know, just for a couple of couple of sloppy moments, you know, ultimately pay the price and it, it hurt us. Um, yeah, extremely disappointed, and we have to quickly draw a line and see how, where we can bounce back. You mentioned that the defensive errors for a couple of mistakes. Is that the thing you're going to try and fix during the week? Um, no, look, in all honesty, that was just individual lapses, unfortunately, and they're going to happen. And yeah, we, we got punished. Um, you know, we want to be brave and get on the ball, but we also need to be smart, and we know that, and we've talked about that. And yeah, unfortunately, that kind of hurt us today. And in all fairness, I think defensively, the irony is I thought we were bloody outstanding. Um, the, the back four and the two sixes, I thought we were, we were fantastic. So yeah, ironically, it's, it's that that's hurt us, but I can't fault them, you know, over the course of the 90 minutes. Are you concerned about the front? Those all not quite scoring goals. It's a couple of new players, new combinations, because it's not not quite gelling at the moment. Yeah, without a doubt, that, that's probably the biggest concern that we're, we're focusing on and talking about. I think, um, albeit we've just lost two 0 and, and conceded those two goals. As I said, I was very very pleased about defensive unit over overall over the course of the game. Um, but ultimately, I don't know if we created enough to go and win that game or blow them away. In all honesty, so I think that's where that's where we uh, have to focus this week. And if I'm being really objective and fair, I think um, you know, take away our mistakes is still probably a nil-nil game. So I think we're not doing enough to blow teams away, which is something that we have to focus on. Just finally back here against the Royal next week, how important is that matchup to get some points on the board? Oh, clearly, clearly huge. Um, but genuinely, I think every game is massive for every team. I think this is the strongest NPL that you can see across the league. It's incredible this year. Um, so I think there's going to be plenty of ups and downs for all teams over the course of the year. So, you know, honestly, whether off the back of two wins or two losses, the next game is bloody huge. Thank you to Luke and Rick for their time out there at AJ Kelly Park on Saturday evening. We'll quickly move through the rest of the round two matchup because we are pressed for time. We do have plenty to get into mm. tonight. And the other games, Gold Coast Knights bounce back with a 1-0 win over Eastern Suburbs. A goal from Max Brown on the hour mark in that one. Redlands with a 2-0 win over at home at the showgrounds over Olympic FC, Peter Clarsen and Guy Santana on the score sheet for the Reds in that one. Sunshine Coast 1, Lions FC 1 up at Ballinger Park. Kyron Vanderhaus Bryant gave Sunshine Coast the lead before Jesse Rigby got a 90-plus minute equaliser to get Lions a point for the second week in a row. And the final game of the round is Adam's favourite team, Morton Bay United, with a 2-0 win over Rochdale Rovers, as it gives me the thumbs up there. Marquez Waltz with a pair of goals in that one. Adam, I will let you talk about Morton Bay in a minute, but just firstly, the other teams that have been in and around the finals for the last couple of years... Where do you think they're at in terms of? I don't. I don't. I think it's too early to say any of them are struggling. But where do you think they're at in terms of how far away they are from picking up the points that we we're used to seeing from them? 
Um, look, we'll go, go from the top. I think Gold Coast Knights are, are fine. I think, again, they, they got ambushed in the derby. They they come back with a solid win. Look, I don't think you can really, like, East at Heath Park. They they haven't won there since 2020. So that that is, um, a, you know, I guess a, a bogey ground that Knights overcame with, you know, a very, very solid effort. Uh Look, Olympic is probably the one I'd be a little bit worried about at the moment. I think Redlands, Redlands are really, really good in this in this game uh, on Saturday night at the Compass Grounds. Um, they, they they really didn't give Olympic that much. Uh, there were there were signs from their from their big guns, but this is a side that's still I think it's still rebuilding as far as you know you know new coach, new players, new ideas. Uh, so I think that Olympic, I think Mike need to give them some time before they start making a run, but. Look, they've got they've got some good players in that team, and I think they'll be they'll be fine. Lions, look, Lions are Lions. You know, I think it's a case of any other team. Almost, you'd almost say that they'd be 0 two, as far as the two losses. But somehow, some way, they found they found a way again up at um you know, up at Fortress Ballinger to eke out a point, even if it was in the uh, 95th minute. Uh, that, that's like I said. I think they actually might be a bit relieved to get a point because look, Sunshine Coast. We've got to give them credit. They're they're going to be very very tough to break down. I think uh, Paul Arson. He's got that side, you know, really really sort of you know going at the moment. I think I think it's going to be a case of you know going to Ballinger. Look, you know, yeah, it's it's like I said. I don't know if you know many teams are going to get too many points out of out of that place. At least not. At least not while you know that that team's relatively healthy. I, I absolutely agree with that. Lions to go up there and get a point is probably actually a pretty good point actually on the road to at a tough place just to go. And it's the sort of place where if you go and come away with a point at the end of the year, if you're in the Premiership race, it could very well be viewed as a handy point to pick up. I agree with you about Gold Coast Knights as well. It's been a tough place for them to go, and they weren't that bad in Derby last week. And to get the three points there will just just right the ship for them. I think they're going perfectly fine. I think I agree with you as well. Olympic maybe is the team out of those who maybe have a little bit of work to do. And as for your Morton Bay United, I'll just simply tell you that they're top of the league, Adam. After two weeks, they said top of the league on six points out of six. Brisbane City are in second. Gold Coast United and Sunshine Coast Wanderers rounding out the top four at this stage. But it is very, very tight. It's probably not too much we can gain from that. At this point, so I won't even ask you about the ladder at this point. Other than that, I imagine you're quite happy with the, the state on the top of it. Yeah, look, I'm very, very happy that you now Morton Bay are two and zero. But I think I'm actually happier for Marquez Walters. He scored double today, first half double. He needs to score goals if this side is going to contend. He needs to score goals, and he looks like he's found some confidence. Uh, one was from the penalty spot. Um, so, so yeah, uh, look, I think it's uh, happy days at the moment uh, for Cam Miller and his team. Um, but like I said, it's uh, like I said, it's only two weeks in, so can't get too excited. But you know, signs are good that this is a very, very solid team again. Uh, I think game with Rochdale. I think uh, Rochdale. Yeah, you know, they they didn't get blown off the park at the end of the day. They 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 stuck with they stuck with um, Morton Bay for most of the game. They just couldn't find the um, the it's sort of finding consolations or even equalisers. Uh, they need to get their their goal scoring. So that's that's now 180 minutes without it without a goal for them. So they've got some good goal scores. You know, obviously, Marek Madley leading that line. So they, they they will get their goals eventually. It's just, yeah, life, life in the MPL may be just a little bit stiffer for them than, than you know, from FQPL last season. But look, they've got some good players and they've got some experienced players more than anything. 
Yeah, they're just finding their feet at the moment in the MPL. Great result for Morton Bay. Cam Miller, two wins out of two for them in, if him in charge there. We'll go through the FQPL one results here now. Adam, it's Surface Paris Apollo, three. Southwest Quinton Thunder, three. Two goals from Morgan Saunders in that one for Surface Paris. And a 93rd minute equalised for Mirko Crociati. Gave the Thunder a 10-man Thunder, I believe, as well, a point in that one. Caboolture FC won Albany Creek one in that one. Logan 2-1 over South. So it was a 91st minute winner there for Logan in that one. Kapalabar received 2-1 winners over the Sunshine Coast Fire in that one. 94th minute win. A lot of late winners and a lot of late <laughs> goals in FQPL 1 this week. A little draw between Western Pride and Winner Walls, the final game of the round. Mitchelton 3, Brisbane Strikers 3. Strikers come from 3-1 down in this game to get a point out of that one. So what, what are you, what's your big picture takeaway out of FQPL 1 this week, Adam, from those, those results? Uh, this league is very, very even. This is very, very even. And uh, to be honest, this has solved absolutely nothing about who are the favourites, who who look good at the moment. This is, this is like I said, and no, no, I don't say that as an error. I actually have a positive that this is good. This is going to be such a fascinating league. You know, you know we, we also thought, you know, like, like strikers um, were, you know, were going to stand out. They, you know, they 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 drew at Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell in the first half were, were excellent. Like that 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 ten fifteen minute period between the, the when they equalised to about to half time, they 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 were superb. And uh, but you know, credit to strikers, they they came back into it. Um, look, surface paradise. We knew we got they got goals in them. Actually, what essentially surprised me is that you know so does Thunder. So I think it's something that, you know, I know Thunder in the past have been a side that, you know, you just sort of say, especially against, you know, the top teams that they, you know, they, they, they're more of a grinding team. But the fact that they, they found three goals against Surface Paradise, I think that's, um, that's going to be you know, good for them as well. And uh, some of the other results, obviously, you know, Kapalabar winning, Logan winning the two relegated sides from last year. So obviously their confidence, you know, you know, in hopes of getting back to the MPL, obviously will take no... Um, take no hits but uh but yeah look it's it's tight it's it's and i think it's gonna take it might take it might take a good month six weeks for for this uh for this league to actually sort itself out and start figuring out you know who's who's really you know the bet the better teams in the league and who's gonna struggle and fighting off relegation absolutely you mentioned the first two rounds have done nothing to say who's gonna be the top teams in this league i think you could almost say the exact same thing about the mpl men's competition as well the first couple of rounds have really not shown us too much of anything in terms of who's going to be the only thing I will say is, I just mentioned there were three goals in the 90-plus minute. It was actually four Brisbane strikers. Equaliser yeah. did come in the 91st minute as well. So plenty of late goals in this game. That's probably the big picture takeaway from FQPL. And we will move on, Adam, because we do want to talk about FQPL too. A competition which we do cover in some detail on on this on this show. But we didn't do a preview for it in our regular shows because it was a bit, bit too long from the, that time to now. So... We'll have a look at it now. Yeah, the other host has a limited attention span. He has absolutely. He, he doesn't even know what FQPL2 is, I don't think. We'll have, to, we'll have to draw a map and show him where that is. But we'll go through the results first. We might talk about what we expect from the league as a whole. So the results in round one. Samford 2, Maruchidor 0. Magic 6, North Lakes 0. Holland Park 2, Turinga 1. Itwich Knights 1, North Star 0. Broadbeach United 4, Grange Thistle 1. They were all these Saturday Games and the Sunday games, St. George Willowong 3, South United 1. So it's interesting, a couple of new teams added to this competition from the FQPL 3 and the Metro Leagues. Adam, and they're off to a mixed start so far. Good result for St. George Willowong and Broadbeach. 
not so much for Marichidor and North Lakes this week. Yeah, it's, it's going again. I think it's going to it's going to take a while to get us a read. And this this uh, league, especially, um, it's actually it's probably the most regional of the of the uh, of the three top. No, I guess what's defined as the as the Premier Leagues in football Queensland. Um, that obviously there are plenty of teams. Obviously the Gold Coast teams we always map were going to be strong. Uh, Broadbeach United, Broadbeach United. I think yeah, they they were. Yeah, you know, they 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 automatically qualified as the um, Gold Coast Premier League champions or so FQPL three South Coast or whatever it's called these days. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're. Um, I said they they they're always going to be good. Magic United might be might be the big Smokies. They they were there and abouts last in last year when obviously in the league that was dominated by Wolves and uh, by Wolves, uh, Albany Creek and obviously Surface Paradise and. Like six nil against North Lakes United, I think they can take a bit of time. Very, very new club as far as their their emerge their emerge club. Uh, the the Lakes is who's carried it through from from uh, FQPL three Metro last year. So they're going they're going to take some time um, to sort of you know, sort themselves out. But I don't see it, but I think it could be very very good. Uh, and and then you've got sort of you know, teams like South Taringa, Grange Thistle are all going to be there and about. So you know they. I think what and and uh, Holland Park as well, and they're, they're sides that you know, I think it comes down to that consistency is what's gonna is gonna hurt them. Or, or it's like a really, yeah, it's a really fascinating league this one because there's a, there's a lot of a few different subgroups of teams mm. in this league. Is you've got the teams who were in the FQPL one, like your South United, your Holland Park groups, which not who haven't, who subsequently dropped out of FQPL one down into into two since. And then you've got teams like your Sanfords and your North Stars who've been there in FQPL2 from day one. And then you've got the regional teams that that we know the Gold Coast, you mentioned that the Gold Coast teams are always very strong coming through. Surface Paradise have proven it last year just how strong they are. Gold Coast Knights coming up from the old Gold Coast Premier League as well. So we've seen teams come out of that, the Gold Coast, and prove just how strong they are. And Broadbeach look like they're going to be the next cab off the rank in that regard. And Magic are also looking like they've improved a bit over the off-season. I'm intrigued to see how Maruchidor go because the Sunshine Coast, we haven't seen too many teams from the Sunshine Coast playing at this top top two to three league level. We've obviously seen the Wanderers go okay. The, the Fire are probably in a rebuilding phase at the moment with some younger players. Interesting to see how Maruchidor go, but there's three or four different subsections of that you can group these teams in. And I'll be really intrigued to see how this does shake out at the end of the year because the I really have no no idea how it's going. You could say the FQPL one team's dropping down should be favoured, but I think some of the regional teams might actually go go quite well. And I think the one team actually in all of that that we actually uh, didn't discuss, I think it's going to be right up there. Is going to be St George Willowong. Uh, they're, they're sort of, they're sort of really like the, the smoky team in all this. Where you're right, you're, you're absolutely 100 correct about the different sub sub sort of you know plots within the within this league they're almost you know a lone ranger on their own yes they did come through uh fqpl you know fqpl3 last year as the as the premiers and then you probably you probably branched them along with uh north lakes united but i think it's in terms of playing roster and strength i think st george Willowong are a long way ahead of where north lakes are now they may not like me saying that, but I think just just from what little I know and sort of on paper at least, yeah, I think St George Willowong there, they're a club that have ambition, and I think they 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 may also be ones that you know that could really be could really factor in. Almost like I look at them like the Albany Creek of last year. That you now I think that you know they're, they're the best of the metro you know clubs coming up, and 
look, you know, we, we do know that the, the, Metro, the Metro League is still very strong, um, as, as it has been for a number of years at that level. I was about to mention that St. George Willong probably do bear comparison to Albany Creek coming out of the old Brisbane Premier League as one of the standout teams. Albany Creek found a way to go straight through the FQPL2 into FQPL1 and off to a decent start. So if that's an indication of where St. George Willowong are, maybe they will also push through this thing. But I'm not going to ask you for a prediction in this league. Other than previously we've called this the League of Goals. Adam, do you think this will be the League of Goals once again this year or will we start to see some some lesser some lower scores not not so many six seven eight nil type of type of results i think this is a more i think this is a more competitive league uh, i think that the bottom team or the bottom teams are not that far away from the top teams where last year there was a huge gulf between surface paradise albany creek and then down the bottom you had coomer and virginia um i don't think the gulf is that large even north lakes yes they got beat six nil but I think they're a better team than that. I think I think they ran into a, a red hot Magic United side. I think who are going to be probably near the top, having you know having sort of you know had that experience of a couple of years in in this division. So so yeah, I think um, yeah, I definitely think there's certainly potential for goals. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a lot more competitive. You know, FQPL two than it has been in, in previous years. That's exactly what you want to see as well. So that is FQPL2. We'll keep up, up to date with that over the course of the season as they continue on their on their season. Now, Adam, we do need to keep moving. We'll very, very quickly look at the Australia Cup and the Kappa Women's Super Cup draws, which came out over the weekend. It's very over midweek, I should say. Very quickly, which matchups stand out for you in terms of ones to keep an eye on for both the Australia Cup and also the Kappa Women's Super Cup? Um, the I think we we're actually quite blessed uh, about the Australia, the Australia Cup draw i think that we've got some really really you know intriguing matchups uh so sort of the one that's sort of just looking looking at the i've got in front of me right now but stands out immediately is uh lines fc are off to new farm park which that might be an experience in itself it's in place uh no, they're playing football not having a picnic in the park right they're football correct well, that's up to Darren Simon and his team, really. And I think uh, if, if what, 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 I'm sure it'll be the football. I'm sure it'll be the football because I think uh, they they've got much bigger fish to fry. Um, so I think that's one of the intrig- more intriguing matchups. I think in terms of um, competitiveness, uh, East versus Wolves, a nice little local local derby uh, there, and. Um, Another uh, another sort of very, very, well, we'll talk about uh, the other night. It's uh, another local derby in your neck of the woods, Olympic versus Brisbane Knights. Yes. So that's, um, that'll be interesting. You know, I expect Olympic to get the job done, but, you know, obviously they, tra- they travel there. Uh, North Pine and North Star, you know, as well, That that's a fairly close, close uh, dar- sort of a, cl- a close just derby. Um that uh, yeah, North Star make the trip up from Dilmia up to uh, up to Dakerman. and uh, of and like I said, we do have a all MPL tie, and it sees Morton Bay at home to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Uh, look, to be honest, I almost would almost say that that might go all the way. Trust you to mention Morton Bay. I do agree that could be a very interesting time to how long it goes. So the ones that caught my eye were there. There's the old Gold Coast type in Coomera and Southport, two sides who've done quite well in this competition. I think that's one certainly to keep an eye on. I also think Southwest Queensland Thunder at home to Peninsula Power could be very interesting. That's a tough place to go Tricky. up there, yep. up to Toowoomba. That could be very, very interesting to keep 
an eye on. The other one is Maroon do have another home tie after two oh, back-to-back, yeah. back-to-back wins at home on penalties. That's interesting to keep an eye on. They'll play Yeronga at home in that one. Just quickly, the two most interesting ties in the Kappa Women's Super Cup. Western Pride playing host to South, two teams who've been in the final of this competition in the first two years. And the other one is first versus second in the MPL Queensland table, Gold Coast hosting Lions. So very, very interesting tie there. That one, whoever does win that will probably be the favourites, I dare say, Adam. I, I think it's um, I think the relative nature of the draw um, that basically I think that while it's very unfortunate that one of these two teams could bail out in round four, this really does open up um, the draw as far as, you know, for, for opportunities uh, for for the rest of the teams to, to come through. Look, as we, as we said, there's a few, we said the other week that there's a few sleeper teams that are just sort of uh, below the Premier Leagues at, at the moment uh, in, in the women's that I think that you have to watch. I think Gold Coast Knights, especially, they've got a, um, they've got, still got a third round match to get through, but I think that they should, they should uh, count for, I think it's Willowburn they're playing. Um, not sure. I just can't see your, hang on, I'm just trying to bring That's all right. you keep going, yeah. I'll find out for you. Yeah. So, yeah, and also as well, Caboolture as well. They, they're another team that I think that are a very, very good team. They also, I believe, have a third round match as well uh, against Calandra. Calandra. Gold Coast Knights are playing Willowburn. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in some re, sort of inter regional ties. So, so, yeah, so I think with having that, and also as well, I think to a point, having uh, Western Pride and South United bracketed, uh, that, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a few teams that, you know, I think that may, you know, really sort of prosper from the luck of the draw here. Absolutely. Interesting to see how those matchups do. But all those games are still date and time to be confirmed. But I believe they're to be played on the weekend in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned to find out when and where those games will be played exactly. Now, that is all the action on the field, Adam, but we need to talk about some of the off-field action in terms of the National Second Division over the last couple of weeks because six Queensland clubs have formally expressed an interest to be a part of Football Australia's potentially newly formed National Second Division. They are Brisbane City, Olympic, Gold Coast Knights. Gold Coast United have been mentioned, although haven't seen through their socials then publicly announced it, but they've been mentioned as being a part of it, so we'll include them in this conversation, Adam. Sunshine Coast Fire and Brisbane United are the six. Now, we'll get to Brisbane United and the model of that in a moment. Just on the five established clubs, oh, Peninsula Power is the other one as well, as you're looking at me finally. They did sevens. So it's Brisbane City, Olympic, Peninsula Power, Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United, and Sunshine Coast Fire. Your thoughts on those clubs joining, potentially joining up in the second division? Some very successful clubs amongst that group. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's. I think with a lot of this with the natural second division, I think it was – I've heard counts from 23 to 30 clubs that um, that have put their hand up. I don't know if the word avalanche is the right word. Avalanche of interest is what I've seen. That uh, Considering that, you know, you have 72 teams across the MPLs across Australia, so you've got half going in. I, I, don't, I don't know which, which uh, editor decided to use that line, but I think that's a bit of a – a, a false, but nonetheless, yeah, seven seven entities from Queensland and uh, six six established clubs. I think um, there's actually a few more than we we thought there would be. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I think that it all it all comes down to you know I think there's a lot it's a lot of you know we've got to remember we're at the expression of interest stage. Therefore, 
I think it's still very, very cloudy what whether you know, clubs are going all in right now, where they're just putting in their interests, where they're, you know, they're, they've obviously, you now there's other clubs that, you know, almost think they're divinely, you know, been given a spot already. So, um, so, so yeah, like it's a, it's it's a case of, you know, it'll be interesting in the next couple of months once you get into the um, request for proposals stage, because I think now, I think the, the talking stops and the action starts. I think, you know, at the end of the day, all these clubs have put in, you know, a, I'm told $5,000, uh, you know, to, to, to lodge a stretch of interest. I think half it goes back to those clubs that don't proceed. So, um, look, I think for a $2,500 investment, I think that's, uh, that's uh, some, I think sometimes to just have a look and see what, what it's all about. Other clubs I know have already said that, you know, that they believe that the finances, you know, may not may not stack up, and they're not prepared to go in at this stage. So, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very interesting about you know the next couple of months as the national second division. Not only sort of you know it, we we start to remove the pretenders away from the real sort of you know you know interested parties. But I think the biggest thing of all is how much is this going to cost? That's the big elephant in the room at the moment is that how much is this all going to cost, you know, and whether or, whether or not this league is sustainable. Because I know we've said it on, other, on the other show as well. You know, it's all well and good right now to say, yep, we're in. And, you know, and even if it, if it comes in at, you know, seven figures to, to, go, to buy in and, you know, operate. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure clubs will find a way to find that money. The problem is, is that is it sustainable in two years' time? We don't. We That's don't want to be the next step, isn't it? We need the next yep. step needs to be for these clubs to find out exactly what it is that they're buying into. Mm. And you know, we've, we've we've spoken to people from clubs who've been put in to going so they're going to go into this, and also clubs who said it's not for us. We're not going to go in for it at this point of time. And the the one thing they all say that that whether they're in or they're out is they're we're really intrigued to see what the fin the financing and the funding model of the league is so that's the next thing that needs to be that was we've covered that enough so we need to wait and see what happens with that so we'll just park that part of it adam but the clubs who are involved there's six clubs that are established and there's one that is a conglomerate of three and that is brisbane united so that is the brisbane strikers winham wolves and virginia united and that's a very interesting way to go about it isn't it because the other six in queensland anyway are established clubs as they are at least as we understand it clubs as they are in the MPL stepping up. This is three clubs combining and potentially more if you listen to the model that they've put out over the weekend. Other clubs may join up to be part of this conglomerate. It's clubs forming together to form almost a new team on top of what they have. So it's that's an, it's an interesting way to go about it. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's the different way to go about it compared to the other six bids. Absolutely. And this is, yeah, I said, everything that I just said applies to those six other clubs. But this Brisbane United bid you know, then changes the rules. It changes the game completely. And I think it's on the back of, you know, of you know, James Johnson's comments, you know, that, that potentially that there may need to be clubs that have to merge, to merge their resources, merge their finances and whatnot. It's it's a very, very difficult read. And, you know, like I said, I think that, you know, Wolves, Bristol Strikers and Virginia United, I think they'll all have their parts to play. And look, I, I'm not, the, the actual, I guess, Brisbane United name, I, I don't think, I don't have much of an issue with that. I think it's more of a case of how does the governance work around it as far as, 
know, if there's promotion relegation, is, is, and that's what we've been promised, you know, with the National Second Division, you know, you know, air, air tags, you know, when the league matures, wherever that is. What happens if Brisbane United are relegated? Then how do they come back into the MPL fold? Assume there's still an MPL, it doesn't become a state league or or whatever. We don't, we don't again, we don't know officially how the national second division actually sits in the pyramid. You know, we know it's gonna you know, sit underneath the A-League, the A-League, but how does it all link in? To um to the what we what we know now as the MPLs across across the country, like I said, and you know some of these clubs, especially these merged entities, are they having a bob each way by saying, you know what, if if our if our merged team you know gets relegated, that 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 will cease to exist, and then the, the three the two or three clubs that are they're feeding that they all go back into the top division of MPL, and you know there's a lot of it just doesn't bunny the water again. But to be to be honest. These merge clubs, I believe, is another bid from South Australia as well. And I think it's got a lot to do with the fact of the finances. I don't know in New South Wales or Victoria if this is such a big deal it's about you know, about whether they live and die by the finance. I know, especially Victoria, from what we've heard um, from, from sources, that even at the top end, it won't be much of a stretch for these Victorian clubs to be able to afford it. But for the Queensland clubs, I know publicly the South Australian clubs have also said it. This is a massive investment, and, and it's a very risky investment. But I look at these these merged entities. I'm thinking, why why just go? Why not go for the A League? We know that the A League are interested in expanding, and they're probably a better model suited towards the A League than they would to the National Second Division. Whereas the National Second Division has always been promised it will be established clubs, you know, clubs that you know have historical value, have an identity already, because that's half the selling point. And while while the Brisbane United name does live within the history of Queensland football, it's certainly a new concept, especially you know the fact that it's more than just strikers who strikers were born out of um out of that Brisbane United name. Absolutely. That's, it is very, it is almost an A-League model the way they're going for it. The only question I would have is, and I would, I would love to actually be able to ask someone involved in Brisbane this question, what happens to the to the Wynnum Wolves, the Virginia United, the Brisbane Strikers' names in their history? Does that just merge all in together as one as Brisbane United, or are they still going to be three separate clubs below somewhere further down in the pyramid? That's one question I would be very intrigued to get an answer on, but I do think that there's there's certainly, if this league does happen, Adam, there's enough, there's enough teams here, and with with strong ambition and strong backing, that there will be a a pretty good Queensland representation in the league if it does get off the ground. And that, if the league does get off the ground, that can only be a good thing. Who it is, absolutely no idea. That's still a long way to go. Probably one or two of these seven clubs, but we'll have to wait and see which ones. But between them, I think we would have a strong Queensland representation in a second division. Oh look, any one of the set, any one or two or three of the seven, well, they they have my full support. You know, obviously we we're very very passionate Queenslanders. You know, as far as that, you know, we believe that you know Queenslanders, you know, deserve to be on the national stage. Especially so Victorians, you know, clearly, given how many they steal. <laughs> yes, we have to have to get in our shot tonight as we're deferring our our new segment because of the, the overrun. But uh, but yeah, look. Um, Look, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's got to it's got to make sense financially. It's got to make sense, you know, geographically as well. It's got to make sense, you know, in terms of, you know, you don't want to be cannibalising each other. You know, not only you know the 
the, as the clubs themselves, the, the, the successful candidates, but also as well above with the raw and beneath with the MPL as well. You know, at the end of the day, we're all one football community. Now, there's no point, you know, everyone, at, well, not at war, but taking, you know, taking sort of, you know, attendances or memberships or whatever away from each other. It's got, it's got to be, you know, almost, you know, pardon the pun, a united effort. And maybe it's why you know, a Brisbane United bid Maybe you know a solid a solid contender as well, but you know, like you look at the Gold Coast Knights, look at Peninsula Power, you know, Brisbane City, you're all you know as well, very very legit bids. You know, that doesn't say that you know I, that you know Gold Coast United, which again we don't know publicly what's going on there. Sunshine Coast Fire, you know, they're they're relying heavily on their geographics and their and their you know, youth youth program, and uh, then Olympic as well. That you know they. As well, they, um, you know, they've also got you know a very very deep history as well. Um, you know, be, being you know obviously of Greek Greek origins, so and that would time well with other Greek sides that have have put in across the, um, you know, across the states. So it, it's we're still at a very very, you know, I guess embryonic stage as far as the NSD. But look, I think it's exciting at least that you know that there was um, that there was a, a lot of interest, especially in Queensland. Absolutely, and we are at the early stage of the national second division process, but we are also out of time. So that we will have to park the NSD discussion there. I'm sure we will pick this up once again with James on the the full Brisbane Football Review show on Wednesday. And he's got plenty to say on as well. So absolutely, we will continue this chat over there on Wednesday. So keep your keep your ears tuned for that one during the week. Before we do wrap up, Adam, performer of the week, and I'm going to go first this week. Two goals okay. from Sophie Pearson. Fantastic performance to help end the streak for Eastern Suburbs. She's my performer of the week this week. What do you have? A tough one because uh, I got a ver- had a very very late entry uh, come in uh, from the game uh, from Peninsula Power, but I'm actually going to go with um, their new American midfielder uh, Sarah Diapolonia. I think uh, two two good goals. She got she's off the mark and uh, look she looks a very very good player. And like I said. Potential powers, as we said earlier, they're, they're a team that we're worried about where the goals could come from. Her combination with Bonnie Davies, that's going to be critical as far as I think power are going to be in for a really you know, strong time if, if those who keep firing. They will. They will be off to a very strong start, continuing that next week. Speaking of next week, we better wrap this up. Or it will actually be the start of the next round. Adam, let's join me once again. Yep, thank you and good night. We're back next week to recap all the MPL and FQPL momentum's action. We'll talk to you all then.